0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad. Lean Green Dad Radio is brought to you by Health IQ. Now, we all know that we need life insurance, but some of us take better care of ourselves than others. In fact, some of you out there might even be avid runners or yogis or maybe you just really eat a well-balanced diet that's full of lots of fruits and veggies, nuts and beans and seeds. If this sounds like you, then you need to check out Health IQ. Health IQ has partnered with a handful of insurance companies around the country to help you get lower rates on your life insurance. Sure, eating a vegan diet makes you feel great and helps you lower your cholesterol and blood pressure, but now it can help you save money on your life insurance. Visit them online today at healthiq.com slash dad and learn more about how you can reap the benefits of your healthy life by saving money on your life insurance for you and your family. Again, that's HealthIQ.com slash Lean Green Dad to learn more about Health IQ. Hey,
1: everybody,
0: welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. <laughs> From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey guys, how's it going? Hopefully you're having a wonderful week and uh, we have a wonderful guest for you today. I'll tell you, we have a doctor, but not only any doctor, a cardiologist. I'm really excited about this one. So, um, Hey, listen, if it's your first time listening to the show, what's going on? My name is Corey. I am a husband, a father of three, and a plant-based athlete. And Each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring people I can find to help me stay motivated to stay fit eat healthy, and get the most out of life as a busy parent. See, for me, finding time to work out, make healthy, quick meals for me and my family, and spend quality time together can be really hard when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you'll take away some quick tips or inspiration that you can try in your life to keep you and your family going strong. Now, I mentioned today's guest, but I didn't tell you her name. Her name is Dr. Jamie Dulaney, and she is in Florida, just like me. And, uh, you know, her story is interesting. She had high cholesterol, and uh, she was a normal body weight, but uh, she started taking statins for that. And, uh, you know, she said, okay, look, I, I got to make a change here. Something's going on. She, she became a cardiologist. She was doing the traditional uh, cardiology surgeries and treatments. And then she was exposed to a book and a, a movie, which we'll talk about. And it had a profound impact on her life. So much that she changed the way that she treated her heart patients. So now today in South Florida, which you'll hear about, she is just rocking out taking care of people on a daily basis, helping them change the way that they look at food, trying to convert them to a whole food plant-based diet, and working with those people who might be transitioning. Uh, It's a great interview. She is a multiple-time Ironman now and uh, just a wonderful person to talk to. So let's get into it. It is my interview with cardiologist Jamie Dulaney. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio, and you know, it's not every day that we get to have a medical doctor, a practicing medical doctor on the show, but today, that's exactly what we have. We have a doctor that is helping people treat and reverse many different diseases with their plant-based diet. We're talking about heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, and all of it is happening with a plant-based diet helping treat it with a plant-based diet with that welcome to the show dr jamie delaney
1: thank you very much glad to be here
0: yeah we're happy to have you you know i know that uh, i had the honor of being on your show in the past and so i'm happy to return the favor and have you on as a guest to talk to some of our listeners so thank you for being here
1: Great, I'm glad to be here, and uh, it's a great day in
0: Florida, right? You're you're in Florida as well, so I I am I am in uh, the Orlando area, uh, a little bit uh, west of Orlando. So yeah, it's it's been awesome. But uh, hey, talk to me about how you got started with this. You know, I know that it was a couple books for you. Uh, you know, Dr. Ornish's book, and then it was very similar to me with Forks Over Knives, where it was like, hey, th- this is it, this is the the tipping point for me. I'm making the change. Is that how it happened for you?
1: Yeah for the, for the most part personally uh a diet for a new america by john robbins was what converted me uh to wanting to be vegan plant based and but it was forks over knives that that showed me that I could do this in my practice uh, dr esselston is a great mentor and when i heard him speak about uh doing classes in his office and uh, teaching people Um, and just taking time with them to explain the why and the science behind a whole food plant-based diet and then showing them how to cook it, that the successes that he was having, I was like, I want, I want, I went in, I went in on that. So, um, that's where I started and it's, it's been a great progression.
0: Where were you in your career when you decided that this was the route that you needed to go?
1: Um, You know, I've been uh, a a practicing uh, clinical cardiologist uh, since 1998. So this was uh, about six uh, years ago. So I'm well into my practice. Yeah. You know, over the years, I've talked to people about uh, Dr. Ornish's book, and, you know, this is radical. If you can do it, it'll help. Here's the book. Um, we've talked about, you know, you should, you know, the traditional Mediterranean diet in the past, uh, everybody should exercise, I run marathons, I put my marathon uh, posters and the t-shirts, I frame them and put them on the wall, walls, hoping people become active. So I've always been interested in lifestyle change, but never really had an idea how to go about it until, you know, I, you know, heard what Dr. Esselstyn was doing.
0: Absolutely, and you know it's interesting because when you're in medical school, they don't give you courses on nutrition in depth. Is that is that right?
1: No, you you we learn basically how to take care of people's nutrition when they're in the intensive care unit. You know, IV nutrition and uh, you know NG nutrition, uh, and the and the basic vitamins and minerals that you need to stay alive. But uh, certainly nobody talks about how you might reverse or treat illness with nutrition.
0: So it's really those acute symptoms that doctors are equipped with to, to treat those, those acute situations, right? Not necessarily the, well, well, no, I think I'm talking more about an ER doc with acute situations. But, I mean, when you think about a heart attack, that's pretty acute, right?
1: Right, and, 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 no, and nutrition never plays a role in, you know, that other than, you know, we're taught how to uh, instruct people on a low-sodium diet you know, avoiding canned foods, processed foods, adding salt to your diet, box foods. But, you know, that's about as far as it goes. Eating a low-fat diet, you know, of course, traditionally, uh, that's been, you know, eat fish, chicken, uh, avoid red meat. So that's about as far as it goes in the general medical school and medical community, um, as far as a healthy diet goes.
0: So walk me through the process when a patient comes through your doors, are they... Obviously, are they open to a plant-based diet or do folks find you as a cardiologist first and then kind of hear about the way that you treat your patients and, and kind of go from there? And what's the process that you help them either wean off their meds over a you know, varied period of time uh, versus the, you know, the way that a traditional doctor might, <laughs> you are a traditional doctor, but I mean a Western doctor might treat their patients?
1: it it started you know more that people would come to my office for traditional cardiology reasons and uh, i just start talking to them you know this is i i, I want to talk to you about uh nutrition and i would you know basically start in on um the spiel about whole food plant-based diet how it's been shown to reverse heart disease and uh you know we talk about the, the nitric oxide and how your arteries can dilate your chest pain goes away we get you off medications watch forks over knives you know and uh we started this nutrition class and and so people were coming in and so they would be surprised and i would find myself being hoarse at the end of the day because in you know the 20 minute new patient visit or the 10 minute follow-up visit you're trying to get all this out you know you know it's like i'm on the commercial for plant whole food plant-based diet so to speak you know 20 times in a day and you, there's some successes and, and more often than not there. are You know, people were so taken back by it and they were shocked by that, you know, that discussion that it wasn't um, all that successful at first, especially the first first visit of the first, uh, you know, interaction. As time has progressed and more and more people have taken the nutrition class, word has got out, I do the podcast, I do a you know newsletter, I do a lot of uh, community lectures. So now people are actually coming to me if they want an alternative way uh, besides traditional medicine. So I am getting people that know of a plant-based diet or maybe or are even on a plant-based diet now and they just want to help getting off their medications or they've started it but they haven't got it quite figured out or they're not getting the results that they want. And, and a lot of times it's just support because, you know, uh, a lot of docs just don't want to, he- they just think it's going to be another fad diet and they're, and, and they feel insecure that it can actually help. Hm. Even with the
0: science and the research out there, they're still not sure about it. Why, why is that? Is that just the, the idea of meat having to be, you know, our protein and also us just needing to get enough protein, even though. You know the body does create enough protein for itself to sustain itself on a daily basis. I mean, what what is it that other doctors are so reluctant to do this?
1: Well, actually, right now going on is the American Heart Association national meeting, and there was an abstract published that just said that people's glucose may be better controlled with a, uh, more protein in their diet. So, so that's that's where you that's what we're fighting against. Um, our past president of the American College of Cardiology uh, is plant-based, actually became plant-based because of a patient of his that was doing so well. And, and he's, you know, he's well on board. Uh, and so there are more and more uh, people speaking about a whole food plant-based diet. But still, you know, the we we get these, uh, you know, everybody wants a 20,000 random randomized controlled study looking at one nutrient before they're going to accept it, you know. And the traditional way is like, well, yeah, that's great, but... Uh, you know, show me twenty thousand people you know and and what happens if it doesn't work, and what happens if uh the patient doesn't follow it right, then something happens to them so there's the fear is i I think drives a lot of it and and the reality of it is doctors don't want to hear anything bad about their bad habits either you know so it, it's hard to sit there and uh talk about why you shouldn't eat meat when you know you just ate it you just had a big steak last night at a drug company sponsored dinner.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Um, you know, what, what role of, obviously you're an incredibly athletic woman, you are doing triathlons, you're running marathons. Um, what is that balance? You know, you hear the 80, 20, most of the time, 80% is about what you eat and 20% is exercise. What is that balance for you? And is there even a balance? Do you focus on it or do you just stay active and try to do a little bit each day?
1: Well, I, you know, Personally, you know, I, I think both play an equal role in my life. Uh, I think that, you know, eating a whole food, plant-based diet, high in nutrients, makes me recover good, uh, keeps me healthy so I can go out and train, which I love, you know, I love to train. I, that's part of that's my hobby is doing those things. So, so eating helps sustain that activity for me. For my patients, especially, you know, older patients, uh, you know, I certainly stress mobility and walking. But I also stress that they're not going to change their outcome, you know, maybe 10, 15% with the exercise. It's got to be nutrition, especially up front. The, the exercise is great, maintaining joints, uh, maintaining good body function and mobility, but it's, but it's not going to reverse disease. We know a lot of people that, you know, were runners that, you know, had the big one out on the, you know, out on the track or on the road. It won't appreciably low, lower your cholesterol. Um, so, you know, I, I pretty much focus on the nutrition with my patients, you know, and then, you know, I start to slip that in 10-15% of the time, you know, our, I do the nutrition class, and last night was our last, uh, I call it graduation night, the sixth, uh, there's six sessions, and, you know, it's like, you know, make sure you get out and move your body, keep mobile, uh, you know, try some body weight exercises, and, um, you know, but but as far as, you know, the nutrition has got to be key to get these people off their medications.
0: Well, I want to go back and talk about what you just said about the big one and runners that could have these life-ending heart attacks. You know, I I feel like, you know, whenever you have a naysayer or, I mean, I I have these people in my life that, you know, I might talk to them and they might say, it's great. This diet is great. And I'm not saying I'm not going to feel better, but, you know, I've got a friend that was running and he was like the best, most fit person in the world. And he just keeled over and died on a run. So explain that. So it, it, let, let's talk about cholesterol for a second because you just said that you could be the fastest runner in the world, but it's not going to have an effect on your cholesterol. It's it's about what you put in your body, your nutrition. is Is that right? Am I understanding that right?
1: Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, uh, it it drives me insane at some of the races. and 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 a lot of the races, and even Runners world magazine, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of th- stuff in there is like eat, you know, you basically um run to eat so that you know we give we give ourselves as athletes permission to eat poorly because we exercise and we're thin or lean. Um but that doesn't have anything to do with the inside. I always, you know give the reference, you know, my my granddad had this uh Galaxy Ford 500 that was really red and shiny and he shined it every day but the the frame rotted out from underneath of it because you know it was back in the day when they didn't have all the preservatives on it so you know it looked great on the outside but the inside fell apart and that's just you know that's how the human body works you know you you might look okay and you might run okay um but and and certainly in your 30s and 20s and 40s maybe even you can get away with some of that stuff but it's sooner or later you know you're you're building up this plaque that the or or you know, your cancer cells are dividing. And uh, sooner or later, the shoe's going to drop.
0: Why can you keep up eating that way in your 20s? Like, why, why do you see college athletes just eating tons and tons of food and it not having an effect? I mean, will it eventually 10 years down the road have an effect? Or does it, you know, start accumulating right then and they could have a heart attack when they're that young based on their genetic, you know, DNA or whatever?
1: Certainly, you know, autopsy studies done uh, both in the Korean uh, war casualties and even uh, recently Gulf War casualties, uh, guys in their 20s and 30s have a significant placking in their arteries. And that plaque doesn't have to be 90% to, have, to cause a heart attack. In the reality of a plaque of 20% can lead to the big one overnight because what happens is that plaque cracks. And if you look at the uh, electron microscopically in that plaque, the cholesterol is, are they're like little uh, crystals that are very sharp and those can pierce through the top of that soft plaque in young people which leads to blood clot formation just like you would get a blood clot on your knee if you fell down and scraped it and that blood clot can happen and um, you know that's when the heart attack if it doesn't completely block it off then it did that that blockage will gradually build up over time so you know people that are genetically predisposed may get into trouble early you know people that have better genes it may take a little longer the reality of it is young people you know it's more of a caloric requirement than it is a nutrition requirement our body you know wants sugar it wants sugar to run and it doesn't really care what kind of sugar it runs now the you know the plaque and everything's going to you know can continue to build up but you're going to your muscles are going to function because they're 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 getting the sugar that they need to to perform
0: yeah, and so sugar, fruit sugar. I mean, go for it. That that'll give you energy and it's not going to spike your blood sugar, right? I mean, it's low glycemic. Am I am I right about that?
1: Absolutely. And you know, and and, and when I might talk about, you know, sugar, I mean, meaning glucose for our bodies to use, uh, not to just, you know, live on Skittles for per se, but uh, you know, the same way with, you know, fat. You know, people talk about, you know, well, carbs versus whatever, but you know, when you eat a donut, it's it's sugar fat. you know, and so which, you know, which sugar fat and flour basically. So what, you know, what's the bad part? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of all bad, you know, but typically the sugar part gets blamed. I've I've heard people talk, you know, running ultras that their go-to food is um, a honey bun, you know. No. And, yes, oh, no. yes, I swear to God, the guy, the guy was talking and he was running an ultra and is like, you know, when things started getting bad, he went for the honey bun because it, you know, it gave him. Well, you know, what he thought was a boost, you know, so I'm like, I'm screaming, you know, screaming through my headphones. Was it, you know, was it the fat? Was it the sugar? What, you know, what was, what was causing you the boost, you know, other than psychologically he'd save something, you know, as a prize. Oh no, uh, I
0: can't believe it. Oh, Well, well then how do you then get the plaque off and how long does it take? What is that process, uh, you know, from, from your side of things? How how long does that take?
1: The good news is that we can see symptom reversal very quickly. That is because when we eat these green leafy vegetables, kale, Swiss chard, collard greens, beets, it causes the production of nitric oxide in our body when it mixes with amylase and and gut microbe enzymes. And so this nitric oxide will cause uh, the arteries to enlarge or dilate. So those tiny little feeder arteries in the heart and in the small parts of your feeder calves where it might cramp, those open up and all of a sudden you're getting increased blood flow. And we know from physics that if you increase the flow by one, you, if you, you increase the diameter by one, you increase the flow by four. So just a little bit increase in that diameter, a little dilatation from that nitric oxide, markedly increase the blood flow to those starved mo- distal muscles that aren't getting the, the blood flow. So, you feel better quick because you're getting your, your muscles are being nourished uh, much quicker. Your kidneys, your heart, everything's being nourished much quicker. As far as the plaque reversal, we know that there's significant plaque reversal starting at six months. You, you know, you start to see it if you do repeat studies and you see increased flow. But, you know, and so over time, those, those plaques can settle out remarkably, and more importantly, they stabilize. So instead of being very have very soft tops to them that that crystal can per, uh, can puncture through, the plaques actually become calcified and kind of scar over, so to speak. So they become stable and more less like, uh, less likely to crack and to cause the big one, so to speak. Mm. So the the whole the, the whole part gets you know the whole process gets cooled off by doing this. And
0: I'm guessing something like dehydration would just exacerbate that problem, right? That would make the heart go into an emergency situation does dehydration have to
1: have anything to do with that well certainly we know that you know people that are, are very if you're very dehydrated every you know you're you're the blood thickens up, so to speak. You know, you have, if you think about the cor- corpuscles, you know, that you've seen the Mrs. What's-Her-Face's science bus, you know, with the red blood cells coursing through the arteries. So if they're coursing through, but they don't really have any water to, you know, or plasma, which you get with fluid that to flow through, then, you know, certainly things can thicken up and you can get more clogging. So, it, you know, keeping hydrated keeps, you know, keeps things flushed out, so to speak. Okay,
0: okay. I just wanted to, yeah, touch on that because, you know, personally, my my dad was like stuck in an elevator in Canada, long story, but he ended up passing out. And we thought it was a heart attack. But it had to do with the dehi- I mean, he hadn't drank anything in hours, you know, and he was just completely dehydrated. And, you know, heart disease runs in his side of the family. And, you know, I guess, you know, that has an effect on me too, with blood pressure and stuff. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've never had an issue just because of the plant-based diet, so everything's been great uh, and everything's been tested out in my annual you know visits. but I just I always wonder if dehydration plays a role. but you know, from what you're telling me with the blood and stuff like that getting thicker and everything, it it does have a, a minor role in it. It's just a kind of a separate different thing from the the heart plaque, plaque in the
1: arteries. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Um, so what is the number one medication that you see when patients come in? And what is your plan for tapering them off? And again, I know everybody's individual, you know, but but what what is your ideal goal to taper patients off? And and what are the dangers, you know, because you can't just drop everything if you're on a very serious medication. How do you how do you taper them? How do you work with them? And what's what's that number one drug you see?
1: Well, you know, it, it's certainly going to be a. Um, you know a toss-up in my practice between blood pressure medications and or statins you know so high blood pressure and high cholesterol the two things that most people walk in here with it's um, pretty rare for someone uh, not to have one of those when they see me Um, and of course you know these days it's pretty rare for somebody over 60 not to have one of those medications and it's you know kind of thought as the norm uh, to, to be taking one of those medications so you know, as far as the cholesterol medication goes, you know, we assess where they are and uh, what their diet is. You know, um, what I've found personally is that people that have a, a terrible family history uh, of heart disease and that have high cholesterol, um, with you know more of a genetic component to it, typically take a little longer to get their cholesterol down, and they have to be more careful. Um, as opposed to you know the junk food junkie that's been eating out 6 days a week at fast food restaurants and their cholesterol's high just because their diet is horrible and once you get them you know you, if you went from you know a fast food restaurant to the home and cooking those people might achieve a pretty good cholesterol because they're you know it's not their it's it's not so much that their liver is making so much cholesterol it is that they're just putting so much cholesterol into their body someone that's really good at making cholesterol more of a genetic predisposition you know then they really have so you take away all the animal products you've taken away the source of cholesterol and then you've you start working on the cooking uh, cooking oils and even plant oils any kind of fat can be turned into cholesterol so certainly saturated fat is the is the biggest thing but you know we see saturated fats in plant foods as well um, so, so those people we have to really, you know, watch so the, so, you know, the next step is, you know, first we back off on the animal the products and then we back off on the or, and, or we try to back off on the cooking oils and that's the tough part because it's found so in so many places, Everywhere, you know?
0: yeah, yeah, it's tough. And you know, you got the coconut oil movement of people thinking that that's healthy, but it's all saturated fat, right? It's all 4,000 calories per pound
1: right and you know olive oil is a healthy cooking oil and you know if you're going to be a good cook you have to have the olive oil and and it's become so popular to have you know extra virgin oil and and the companies that make it and so you know it's people are really really attached to it that you know it's almost approaching being attached to cheese as being attached to your olive oil um so once we can you know so so it's really three months down the road we'll check someone's lipid profile again and see where we are and like i said sometimes we can and, and if it's down we just you know we'll just cut those medications uh, down right away. You know, if it's a high dose, we'll cut it in half and then, you know, half it again, depending on where they go. The blood pressure medicines uh, sometimes are, you know, people come in here on three three or four medications for their blood pressure. And again, if we can get them to eat at home and get out of the processed foods, we can start backing down on those medications very easily. Um, You know, some of the medications have to be weaned off. The class that's called a beta blocker. Um, metoprolol, atenolol are names that that are are familiar to people. Those can have a rebound effect on increased heart rate, so we have to taper those a little bit slower in people. And and a lot of times people are on medications for various different reasons. It, they may have some sort of arrhythmia or things like that. So, you know, we may end up having to keep that on for uh, you know at least a while till we see where they are. Uh, but the regular blood pressure medicines, we can we can back down off uh, pretty quick if people really are into it.
0: Hmm. I love hearing about this from the clinical side, and I cannot thank you enough for really elaborating on that. So, thank you. This is this is excellent. I'm just having a blast. <laughs> um, I have a blast
1: too. You know, I mean, I, I went for a lot of years adding medications on and hoping that people would, you know, it would it would. You know, but I, I never even thought in my practice that um, I would take people off of medications. My goal was that they wouldn't have heart attacks if I controlled their blood pressure with medications right. or I controlled their cholesterol with medications. I would keep them from having a bad event. That was the sole goal.
0: Oh, yep. And now you're healing the problem, not just the, the immediate, you know, the immediate thing that's going on. You know, you're not treating the symptom; you're treating the actual problem itself, which that that's what a doctor's supposed to do. You're doing it right. So, what what about those stubborn adults? What about the ones that I don't know? I guess they they never see you because they don't want to know. You know, they don't want to they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to give up their meat. They don't want to give up their cheese. What do you do with with these folks? I mean, I guess there is there just nothing you can do, and they're just kind of doomed. I mean, it's it's really it's really kind of their own mental uh, choice to make a change that is the starting
1: point, isn't it? Right. Um, you know, there's certain, when I start to, I talk to everybody that comes through the door, but there are certain people that, you know, you have that they have that look in their eye, like, no way, Jose, I'm not going, you know, I don't want any part of this. So I, I tone it down, you know, and I give them, I have a little script pad that has uh, watch forks over knives, um, read, you know, maybe the China study or uh, listen to a podcast here or there and and see what you think about it. And then if you have some interest, give me a call. And sometimes, you know, and then the next time they come in, because there will be a next time, um, you know, I talk a little bit more, you know, and then I might go the soft approach, you know, you think you might be able to change your breakfast, you know, can we just add some more greens, you know, and we work our way up or you know, well, I don't like any vegetables whatsoever. Well, everybody likes some vegetables. There's there's very few humans that just live on meat alone. So you know, I'll find I'll, I'll find one. You know, it might be corn and green beans, and that's that is the most common vegetable. You know, and I can always tell where, what I'm up against if it's they'll they'll say meat and potatoes. So everybody likes potatoes. It's like great. You know, you could live on potatoes. So, you know, there's got to be something else. Well, you know, corn and green beans are the next one, you know. So it's like, okay, I can work with that, you know, so corn and green beans. And it's like, well, have you ever, you know, and just like you would with your children, you know, you kind of start to slip a little vegetable in here or there, you know. Could you maybe try this in your, well, I could do that. I could do like a fruit smoothie maybe and I could put a little something in it, you know, and. Hide it, you know, I promise you, you won't taste the spinach if you put bananas <laughs> and blueberries, you know, it's true So you, you, you work you work your way around it and, and you do it slowly There are people that just don't want any part of it and you know, it's my job as a physician to be there for them I was, you know, I was trained to fix things that are broken. So sometimes I have to wait for them to break yeah. Uh, so, oh, you know, so, so yeah, so I mean and I tell them it's like, you know, because some people say well Are you gonna be mad at me if I don't do this and it's like no? My job is to educate you. You get to make the decision. You know, if you choose to do this and we have to do caths and stents and bypass, you know, I'll support you through it. But, you know, I just want you to know that there's another way. And a lot of times people, well, what do you mean, you know, angioplasty and stents? And it's like, well, you know, if we keep doing this way, we're, you know, it's, oh, well, let's talk, you know. So, you know, again, it's, It's a lot like, you know, it's not that different than your kids, you know? It's like, you know, and it's not necessarily direct reverse psychology, but it's just, you know, all of a sudden they start the light bulbs. Like, well, what do you mean I'm going to have problems, you know?
0: Wow. Uh, You know, you mentioned smoothies. Talk to me about smoothies. You know, um, there's a couple people that say you shouldn't drink your calories and all this kind of stuff. I I understand what they're saying, especially if there's someone that's suffering from heart disease. Uh, You want to be careful about what you're putting in those smoothies. You don't want to be making. I don't know. I've seen people put like ice cream in smoothies and stuff, and I'm like, oh, you're ruining the whole thing. But you know, what what kind of smoothies do you recommend? Do you recommend smoothies? What What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, you know, again, first of all, if 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 that's the only way I can get spinach in somebody a little bit, then that is a way to start. Um, but I do speak to them, I'm not a protein powder of any kind, advocate, um, I used to do it way back when, you know, I thought that was part of it, I used to do a vegan protein powder which I just realized it just tastes good and that's all I was looking for. Uh, so, you know, a date takes that, you know, a date might make that sweet or sweeter if I needed that, you know, to kind of wean myself off of that but, so I don't, I, I recommend, you know, fruit and vegetables, um, for the smoothies if. Uh, they're, they're going to do it. I, I don't recommend, if, if somebody has a weight issue, um, I'd rather them eat their calories. And I'll tell them, take everything out of that blender and put it in a big bowl, and let's let's have you eat that and see how you feel. Um, you know, and I, and I tell them, I, you know, I personally do have a smoothie every morning, but I, I use that as my hydration after my runs. So, you know, I usually come in and I, I make a green smoothie Um, you know, kind of is my call, I call it my first breakfast, you know, so it hydrates me after my run. And, um, then later on, I'll, you know, have either more fruit or, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of oatmeal that I'll add fruit to as, you know, something that I chew, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I use it for my berries. You know, I, I just, I have a berry assortment that it's frozen and it's organic and it's just in the freezer. It's so easy for me, especially as a busy parent. I mean, I got three crazy kids here. So if I can just dump, my berry mixture into the smoothie, uh, just throw a banana in there, you know, some water and really just blend it all together. It's just easy for me on the go, especially in the carpool line on the way to school, dropping <laughs> the kids off. You know how it is. I mean, it's just nuts. Yes. It's nuts. But, um, yeah,
1: yeah, I think that that's perfectly fine. And, you know, I also recommend it in the evening for people to get the munchies. So, you know, I'll say, you know, I used to have, uh, you know, back in the, you know, former me, I, I loved ice cream. And so, and it had a terrible sweet tooth. Now, you know, a frozen banana, some cacao powder, some frozen black cherries mixed up with some almond milk is a great treat for the evening. So it's, again, I'm hydrating for the next day, especially down in Florida when, you know, you're gonna do a run at 80, 90 degrees, and, you know, you'd like to start off, or you, you know, make sure you're hydrated before you go. And so that's kind of a good way I drink that while I'm watching a TV show, and, uh, you know, I'm good to go for the next morning, and I had my sweets and uh, something frozen. So I, I, it, it's very satisfying to me.
0: You're good to go. All right, I have I have two more questions for you. The first one has to do with this whole idea of carving up before a race. I think it's just total garbage. Uh, instead of eating white bleached pasta, what would you recommend for people getting ready to run a marathon to eat? the night before, and does it have to change drastically from what you've already been eating?
1: I I don't change at all. Um, It was funny. uh, At Ironman Louisville, um, we were out eating. We usually eat early the day before Ironman, someplace around two o'clock, and then might just have top off with some fruit later on, but we're in this big salad. (laughs) And, uh, somebody else came by that was in the Iron Man as well. And they looked, we had, you know, some sort of garb on that suggested that we were, you know, in, in, involved in it. And the lady actually stopped on, a, a, at my table. It's like, you're going to eat that before the Iron Man? It's like, well, yeah, I eat it every day, you know? So, uh, you know, I had these all these greens and vegetables and we typically eat Thai food and no, I, I don't ever make a, a con. I never, and I've actually found over the years that I do better without the pasta for the most part. So it's more a little bit of rice. But vegetables and I don't have any fiber, you know, I might the the real, um, you know, like I don't do broccoli, you know, that's something that may bother me on occasion, you know, uh, the night before, um, you know, a marathon or specifically an Ironman A marathons, not maybe not so much, but, you know, but really anything else, you know, the more greens, the better we, we always have beets uh, you know, and the, or the beet tops if we can get a hold of it. And, uh, and then, you know, we probably have some potatoes too, some small potatoes to just, uh, kind of snack on because then you're getting a lot of nutrients. You're getting antioxidants, uh, you're getting potassium, you're getting a lot of electrolytes with these foods. You're getting vitamin C because you're going to stress yourself the next day during that event. You don't eat well, you know, typically you are eating simple carbohydrates, you know, for the run anyway. And, you know, for the Ironman, it's all day long, that stuff. Um, so the more antioxidants and phytonutrients that you can get in before, you know, to me, that's just going to help me during the race. And then, and then after the race, uh, you know, we typically, again, we always make, um, we have rice and potatoes and something ready for us when we come back. Uh, even if it's in the hotel room, take the Instapot and have that, you know, so we can have something that's fairly easy on your stomach after you've been, you know, exposed all day long to that stuff. And, uh, it's, it's kind of, good, again, to get some more antioxidants and, and, and nutrients into your system.
0: Well, it's good to hear that you're, uh, you're always having beets available. I love your little tagline, our heart beats plant strong. <laughs> so super cute. So that's awesome. Um, okay, l- the last thing I have that I wanted to talk to you about was other than eating plants, what is the number one thing that we can all start doing right now that will have us on a path to better heart health?
1: Well, it's, you know, it's it's move your body uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a specific exercise that, you know, uh, I like and you don't. So if it's dancing or if it's walking, kayaking, something, move your body. And and the other thing that I have, you know, as I get older that I'm even more aware of, it's mobility. Um, I see people when I do stress tests that they're you know, I'm I'm very conscious, I guess, of anything, of how people walk and how they get around. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, next time you go to the mall, you know, look around at how people are walked, how they're bent, you know, the curve of their spine, everything we tend to get, especially since we sit at desks all day long, we get rounded backs. Um, we get short hip flexors and then people stand up and they are in a car all day long. If you're a driver or something and, uh, we get all folded up as individuals and we lose our mobility. And I, I think that's, it's incredibly important to do things, you know, even if it's simple, stretching, foam rolling to to keep that mobility going. love it. I love it.
0: Well, uh, where can we find out more information about you? If there is someone in Central Florida or in South Florida that wants to come visit you, uh, what is your website? Of course, we'll have it in the show notes, but I always like to have my guests mention where people can find them.
1: Yeah, it's uh, drdelaney.com and it's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R, uh, delaney.com. I'm on Instagram. I post what I eat there, so my patients can see that I walk the walk or get some uh, ideas for dinner, and um, so that's that's always a good place to start. And uh, and the podcast is Jamie Delaney Plant Based Wellness Podcast, and that's on iTunes. So, and it's a great podcast, by the way. Well, I had, <sighs> I've had some good guests, even you know some uh, Lean Green dads. So that's y- yep. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> hey.
0: It's awesome. well, we're we're helping to to get the word out there. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. And uh, we'll look forward to to keeping in touch. All right, sounds good.
1: I'll see you at the next race.
0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Wasn't she great? Just a great resource. Well, hey, listen, don't let your experience end here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com and feel free to sign up for our free grocery shopping series. It's a free three part video series that we send right to your inbox. All you have to do is enter your email on our homepage. You'll see it and we'll send it right to you. And it even comes with a couple quick downloads and cheat sheets that you can take with you to the store. So, Uh, Also, of course, we've got a Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, even a YouTube channel for you. So go check those out. We'd love to have you like us, follow us, all that fun stuff because we like you. Anyways, guys, um, until next week, this is Corey from Lean Green Dad saying keep going that extra mile for your family. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.